Bevan was seated to the left of Charles Riddell. His ex-wife was on his right. The man appeared slightly dishevelled, especially compared to the women he was positioned between, both of whom had dressed carefully for this occasion. When a couple of minutes were given over for photographs at the very start of the press conference, Maisie's father flinched at the sudden assault of flashes, putting a hand up to shield his eyes. Danny wondered if he'd been drinking on the plane. It wasn't a gesture she would have recommended he make. The man was going to look guilty and defensive on the front cover of every national newspaper the next morning. Bevan gave a succinct outline of the case before handing over to Fiona and Charles to present their appeal. She never coached a victim's family before a press briefing. Their words had to appear natural and unforced. The British public could be a fickle bunch. Even if you'd lost a loved one in the most appalling circumstances, they weren't averse to condemning you for the way you were handling it. The Riddells did the job extremely well. Fiona was measured and calm, but very obviously devastated. Charles was clearly upset too, but he said all the right things. They both appealed directly to Maisie, promising to fix everything if she'd just come home. There wasn't any animosity evident between the couple. When the journalists had piled out, Danny led them up to her office and ordered tea. She pulled the door closed gently. Thank you for doing that, Mr. and Mrs. Riddell. I know it isn't easy, but the publicity a press conference generates can really help. Danny sat on a soft seat opposite the pair, who had taken the little sofa. The detective didn't want there to be a desk between them. Has anyone reported seeing Maisie since yesterday? Someone must have spotted her. Charles looked desperate. He was a handsome and well-built man in his late forties. His hair was thick and grey, but his face remained surprisingly unlined. It's very early days, Mr. Riddell. This evening's appeal will certainly help. We have viewed a great deal of CCTV footage, but Maisie does not seem to have left the city via the train or bus stations. But I thought the first twenty-four hours were crucial. How can it possibly be early days? Charles shifted about in his seat. That is in the case of an abduction. The evidence does not suggest this is what happened to Maisie, Danny said kindly, silently cursing the inaccuracies of police procedures peddled by television dramas. The detectives are convinced that Maisie ran away, Fiona explained flatly. She'd packed a bag and emptied her bank account. Charles rubbed at his stubbly chin. Why would she do that? Maisie was happy. She could have whatever she wanted from us. I'd never let her go without. The man appeared utterly bemused and lost. Danny turned to Fiona, who was wearing a smart black trouser suit and had pinned her light brown hair away from her face. Did you know that Maisie had been sneaking out of school on Wednesday afternoons? She'd been truanting from games and taking the bus into town. It appears she spent her time wandering around the shopping centres. Before the woman had a chance to reply, Charles butted in. What? How is that possible? The school is supposed to be secure during the day. Whenever I've been to the place, it's locked up like Fort Knox. According to one of your daughter's friends, Maisie knew the times when the gates were likely to be open. She slipped out then, Bevan clarified. I didn't realise she was doing that, Fiona said quietly. But in a way, I'm not surprised. Maisie did want to have more freedom. There were several classes that she didn't feel it was necessary for her to have to attend any more. I told Maisie it would get better when she was studying the subject she'd chosen. 
How could you not have known she wasn't in school? Charles demanded. Fiona sighed. Maisie is nearly fifteen. She isn't the little girl she was when you left us. The man's face flushed red. I did not leave you. It was your decision to stay behind when I went to Norway. Fiona rolled her eyes towards the ceiling. And that's been your get-out-of-jail-free card for everything that's happened since. I suppose it never occurred to you not to take the job. Danny cleared her throat, sensing this discussion was getting them nowhere. Did Maisie have a group of friends outside of school who she met up with? The evidence we have gathered so far creates the impression that she didn't plan to leave home by herself. Fiona thought carefully about this.